0: Hello, you are about to listen to another episode of Beyond Clean, a podcast where we talk about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. I am your host, Dave Thompson. Yes, we are in Season 4. We broadcast out of Orlando, Florida. This is where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. We would love to have you on the show, so reach out to me, Thompson at academyofcleaning.com or at 888-999-6059. Be sure to listen to our live streaming that we will be doing this year on Podbean. Now for today's show, let's get started. Good morning, everybody. This is Dave Thompson. I am the director of the Academy of Cleaning Excellence, and we are back with you again here on a Friday morning well, we have our regular, I don't know, third Friday of the month. I don't even know what Friday of the month it is. I just know it's Friday. <laughs> Bill, can you tell me what Friday of the month it is? Yeah,
1: it is the third one. So that's how we got on here.
0: Okay. So I haven't lost it totally. Uh, for folks that you've been following, I'm recovering from a uh, quadruple bypass surgery, uh, just a little over three weeks ago, so if I seem a little bit off of center, you might know why today. So, Bill, you're going to have to keep me in line today, right?
1: Well, I'd rather just follow your lead and, and discuss what you want to discuss because I've been I've been where you are, uh, not from a, a heart uh, surgery like that. It's just a life threatening experience, but I've had some very pe- people very close to me who uh, died very very closely after one another, and it put me in a pretty bad state mentally for a while.
0: Well, I think that is one of the topics we want to talk about today because I think that we have been struggling with a couple of different things here in the cleaning industry over the last six months. One is, as I see it, and you tell me if you have too, all of a sudden the people in the background have been put front and center and they're not used to that.
1: No, that's definitely true. Um, They, some appreciate the fact that they get recognition now and in a positive way uh, because our business is typically a negative business. You only hear about the bad things, but every once in a while you get some reports now where they're, They're praising the cleanings, what they're doing. Uh, Well,
0: I did a podcast uh, with um, Vanessa earlier this week, and uh, she runs a service over in the Palm Beach area. And she said it's kind of interesting that her team uh, is kind of at first was giving a little bit of pushback because she wants to put them in the videos that's explaining what they're doing. And they're not used to that. And they're not used to being seen. Uh, quite in the way that we're trying to push them to be seen now.
1: That's true. And they don't, uh, they're just not accustomed to it and they get very nervous about it. Uh, But some of them uh, after, especially if the the praise that they're given is in writing and uh, goes out to more people and they can respond in writing, they're willing to do that. Uh, but that standing in front of a camera is a whole different story.
0: Well, yeah, I was uh, working with a building service contractor here in Orlando this week, and we did uh, a virtual walkthrough uh, consultation. I think you've talked about doing this yourself. Right. And, you know, it was very interesting how the frontline worker all of a sudden was like, what are you doing? You're videotaping? Or, And and he was talking with me, and the worker didn't know who he was talking with, and it was kind of a comical thing in a way. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I've, I've been doing some of those virtual assessments and the uh, they're more nervous than when we do those in person uh, for some reason that that video camera scares them a little
0: well what he was doing is he was just using his phone so it wasn't you know like a big movie camera or anything but uh, you know I know a couple services I've been working with here in the last couple of months've been doing with video cameras and narration and everything Um I think one of the interesting things is, as you just mentioned, the mental issues. Um, hey, I'm not, you know, I'll be right there and tell you, folks, that was a traumatic thing, you know, three weeks ago. Uh, these are real people. And I think that's kind of the interesting thing that people are finding out that the, the person that cleans the toilet, the person that empties their trash, that wipes their desk, you know, and, and cleans the front glass in the front you know what, they're finding out they're humans too.
1: Hmm. Yeah, they get they are getting to know their people a little bit better. Uh, usually a cleaning service is a ghost service. The people only see the results, not not the people themselves. And a lot of times when we've switched from night to day cleaning to, to affect some cost savings, uh, such as light, lights not being on at night and that sort of thing. Uh, when the buildings wanted to do that, they found that one of the advantages they got was the people got to know the cleaner, and the cleaner got to know the people, and got to understand what some of their little idiosyncrasies are, because we all have them, and they started to see that the cleaner wasn't such a bad person, and they they worked with them a little more, uh, so they got more of the, more out of it than just the cost savings. They got a a bonding if you will of the cleaning staff with the tenants
0: well there became a relationship now and i think uh, uh, for folks that might be listening to this that's been in the k-12 educational sector you see a lot more of this there because typically in these situations the teacher sees the same custodian night after night after night because they're a lot of times they're still in the classroom when they go in. So there is more of that connection that you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Even the kids draw a connection with the custodian. Oh uh, yeah. Greatly. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, we didn't have a lot of money, <clears throat> excuse me. And they, one of the ways I was able to get, uh, meals, uh, was I had to perform some service at the school. Sometimes it was, Working in the cafeteria, cleaning the trays when they brought them back, or <clears throat> I also had times when I was scheduled to work with the custodian. I'd show up at early, early in the morning before the school opened. Excuse me. <clears throat> I got a real problem with the phlegm issue right now, but uh, anyway, they would. Uh, I would work with the custodian from like seven o'clock till uh, time for school to start. And that would allow me to get these free meals. uh, The custodians were generally pretty friendly people, seemed to like kids, and they were just willing to to do whatever to keep the school looking good. And that was a bonding for me there.
0: Well, and as we're talking about this subject, as you brought up (laughs) earlier, mental issues do play a part. And I think that one of the other things I'm saying is you have the flip side of all of this, that. There are customers that have pulled back in the amount of services that they need because they had a hundred people in February and now they have 20. They don't need services as much. So you have custodians that, as you said, are are people with real life issues, challenges. And now some of us are dealing with, how do I pay my bills? (laughs)
1: Yeah, they were. That's not particularly a class of people who has a a lot of money in the bank that can handle the loss of a paycheck. And uh, you know, the saying goes, you live paycheck to paycheck. But now I've grown to where I live direct deposits to direct deposit. <laughs> we're still no better off, but uh, we try and we do what we can. But uh, some of these custodians I have found can. Uh, find uh, work in other sectors, but they may not get the same benefits. There's a lot of things that can change for them, but uh, there are people who are hiring strictly to have somebody walk around with a with some disinfectant and cleaning off uh, places uh, that people touch on a regular basis in in buildings and in uh, in the restaurants that are open and things like that.
0: Well, and I think that's where we're kind of going with this conversation today, Bill, is that there are the challenges, as you and I have said, you know, death in the family, surgery, loss of jobs. These do play on the mental things. And and folks, we're just as human as the rest of society. Uh, With all of these issues, the challenges are not really any different. On the other hand, we need to recognize this. We need to lift each other up. And I think what you're seeing is what you just said, Bill, there is a move from what we were doing to being able to do now, do something different. I mean, I've heard day porters are coming back where they were almost extinct.
1: Yeah, the buildings are are wanting to have that service and and they're specifying how frequently. They have to go around and, and hit the touch point. So uh, some of them want as much as every hour they want the touch points hit, uh, and some you know it goes a little longer than that. But that requires somebody to be there, and uh, that person—it's—it's a, it's a different style of cleaning. It's not what they're used to. Uh, well, well, and I think I think, I think what it.
0: you're I think what you're saying though, Bill, is this is some of the stuff that should have never went away. Uh, we, we're, we're actually coming back to where we should have been all along. Do you agree or not?
1: Yes. and I, I, That's always been my hope uh, that when this <clears throat> does pass, that they won't give up on those cleaning techniques because it's very, very probable that if that had been in place before the pandemic, uh, we could have saved some lives and, uh, and some of the people who got sick. Uh, well, from being it, able to do the cleaning.
0: Yeah, I mean, right now, um, I, I know where you're at, probably. I know here everybody is challenged. Uh, you know, if you haven't been this week, you will be next week with the face to face school challenge. Um, I've been hearing many schools that are hiring more custodians. I sometimes wonder how properly educated some of these people are.
1: It's mm. a good point. And, uh, you also have to wonder that they've got two concerns right now, the health issue, but then the monetary issue, because of the impact this has had on, on our society and whole. I read the other day where uh, the the funds that we had in 401k are back even again uh, after they fell dramatically. So there's uh, there is some relief in that regard. They do have to do something to improve the economy and the people who are working. And most of the, most of the people that are experts in that field are talking more about. People are just going to have to change the way it used to be. We can't continue what we used to do. We have to do something different, and there may be more uh, telecommute-type things uh, and any kind of a way that they can reduce the cost of running the business and still meet the obligations. And we're finding when you're forced to do it that it's working. So uh, there may be a lot of changes in that regard.
0: Well, I think that's interesting you say that because we are a society that are, is reactionary. And I think that's what we're talking about today is we've been reacting for six months. Now has to come the proactive part of putting things in place before. And so the question here as we go into this season, uh, I, I heard uh, I, I heard something the other day. That they're calling it a flu pandemic, uh, a flu fludemic. Yeah. The a flu pandemic. Uh so uh putting the pandemic and the flu season together. Um what's your take on that? Well, I know I'm
1: going to get my shots.
0: <laughs> you know what? I'm going to be asking my uh I saw my cardiologist yesterday and I did not ask him, but I see my surgeon on the 1st and I'm going to say, you know, is it okay for me to go ahead and do that with all the new medication I'm on? I got to check and make sure, but uh yeah, I guarantee you. You and I are both in those situations where you're know, the vulnerable, the, the vulnerable population that you and I and many people find ourselves in. We're thinking about these things differently now.
1: Yeah, I, I took uh, both sets of ammonia shots that they want you to have. I've gotten that done, and uh, now they're telling me I got to go get shingles shot. So I guess I'm going to do that. And well,
0: that, the list grows now, doesn't it,
1: Bill? Yeah. Their hepatitis is another one. They want to make sure that I have uh, that vaccination. So I'm not shying away from them when they tell me I need them. I just go ahead and do them.
0: Well, you know, I have to say after, uh, you know, many people I got through with my physical therapy this morning and he said, well, next week will be a little different. You've You've been here for a week and a half, so. Just get ready," I said. "Yeah, I knew that was coming." (laughs) And 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 I I find it interesting how he continues to tell me that there's many people that start their you know this uh, cardio cardio rehab that never complete the 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 program. They just go for a couple of weeks and then quit. And I said, "Man, if I you know I've went through trauma here, I'm going to continue to come. I mean, you know, the reason I did this was to get better. I think that's what you're talking about here. You're going to take those." vaccinations because getting here has been a struggle
1: yeah and there's a uh, i i agree too with what you're saying about people who don't want to really finish the rehab but i got in a situation one time where uh the insurance company decided for me what i could and couldn't do when it came to the rehab stuff and that was a. Uh, I got a little upset, so I, I had to keep the program going on my own at my house. I'd had a, a shoulder surgery, and if I didn't continue the rehab properly, it was going to not work. You know, it, it still wasn't where it needed to be. So that comes into play sometimes too, and it, it adds to the stress when that happens.
0: Well, and as you said that, I, I had to remember that my brother, uh, who's about 15 years younger than I. Uh, had just had triple bypass surgery about eight weeks before I went in. And his was, surgery was during COVID, during the main deal, and they wouldn't, they, their rehab was shut down. So that wasn't available to him, and he had to do his own recovery at home. Yeah.
1: Yep, and that's not easy to do. Uh-huh. Well,
0: thankfully, he had just moved into a new house just before it all happened, and uh, he's got three kids at home that required a lot of stuff and a garden that they just put in. So, uh, he, he said it all worked out, it all aligned right, and he wanted to get back to work. So he was motivated. Yeah, that's good. Uh, but back to our situation about uh, people uh, and doing their you know one of the things that I'm thinking about as I've getting back to being able to recover and probably to work in the office a little bit more next week. Um, I'm going to be working on some videos uh, because I can stand in front of the camera, sit in front of the camera and, and not do a lot of, of work right at the moment. But, you know, how do, I think there's a, what we call collaborative or cooperative cleaning that is happening in facilities where people that, clean at home. And I use that term loosely now are being asked to do it to help the situation because they don't have a day Porter. They don't have increased staff. Hmm. Are these people really qualified to do this?
1: Well, not at the beginning. And I've, I was involved with a, with a, um, theater that was going to reopen. And, uh, the program that they put together that they considered the right thing to do to, to tell the public our theater is clean you can come into it simply wasn't going to do the job.
0: But It just wasn't right.
1: No, and, and uh, when I discussed it with the local manager and he shared that on up the line, he basically got told, shut up, we already got this one in, in the can, you know. So... Uh, that was what they're going to go with, right or wrong. That was, that's it. And some companies do it that way. Some companies are are willing to to listen and to get their people trained properly. and uh, hopefully, wherever we go, we're with that type of a company.
0: Well, and I think that's the thing that I'm afraid, and and i'm I'm working with one organization right now, consulting and You know, that was one of the things I said, I'll go into this, but you have to be uh, willing to change not only uh, processes, but you're going to have to change some tools and equipment, or there's no reason for us going, starting down this path.
1: That was the right way to start it off. Yeah.
0: Because, and and I think that's where some of this is. You do find like you found, uh, this is what we're going to do. And you know, rather right or wrong. And I think, uh, There's still a lot of people that just aren't getting the proper, you know, and I, and I see this all the time, you know, use this product, use this sprayer and you can disinfect and sanitize. Well, now, wait a minute. Mm. Which one are you doing? Are you sanitizing or disinfecting? Do you know what the difference is between, and then they go, well, well, it's all the same. It's not all the same. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we talk about that too. Is that uh, the, the sanitizing is a public health standard that's been acceptable uh, for for the public, uh, but it's not the not the same as disinfection. About forty points below it, actually. So it's a uh, it's not as thorough. And uh, if you're dealing with really stubborn viruses, that it's not effective at all. It doesn't do anything for some of the real stubborn stuff. Fortunately, COVID is not that stubborn. I mean, it's, it's made with a, the outside has a layer to it that's kind of like a fat and, and alkaline washing your hands disrupts that and makes the virus useless if it survives. And most of the times it'll kill it. That's why yeah. I tell you to wash your hands all the time. Uh, it really works against this particular
0: virus. Soap, water, uh, and abrasion. Yeah. That'll do right. it. Right. Right. Soap, water, abrasion, that does it. So, you know, I think that's the thing. Um, so, if you it'll just, so let me ask you this if you were putting together something and you were saying, okay, uh, you're a housewife. And, uh, now you're, you know, and, and, uh, okay. So now you're a receptionist at a, say a law firm and they say, Hey, uh, you know, whenever you're not doing anything, please go around and take care of the lobby. Here's a, a spray bottle of this liquid and some rags. How how would you tell that receptionist to take care of her lobby? The
1: first thing I have to do is get her back on the SDS sheet and understand what she's using. Um, and if you look at Section Two or Section Eight, if those have a lot of information in it, you really want to take a look at that SDS <laughs> because it's telling you you've got a lot of of uh, hazardous stuff in as part of the ingredients of your chemical. Uh, so you want to pay close attention to that and teach them how to read that and how to understand it, and then show them the process uh, how to how to take a a cloth and fold it into quarters and and uh, to put the disinfectant into that and also explain they have to clean the surface before they do the disinfection
0: okay Uh, so walk us through what you now let's say they just gave her a roll of paper towels and said this is the cleaner this is the product you're going to use uh don't talk to us what what would you tell her to do the safest thing she doesn't have control of anything other than those two things
1: Make sure she's wearing gloves. Okay. Make sure, and she's wearing. Uh, I always. Um, I always uh, try to go with with the eye protection. Some companies don't feel that's necessary unless you're spraying. But I just feel you should do it all the time. Uh, mold bleach your sprayer well bill I' kind of
0: bill I'm kind of losing you I ran out of bleach in the container I'm kind of losing I mean, you there I, bill we hadn't we'd we, we missed out anything. all
1: right can you hear now
0: yeah I can now we kind we you were you were gone there for a little bit <clears throat>
1: okay where did I Where do they get lost? Uh,
0: Basically all of what you said about the process.
1: (laughs) Okay. We want to explain to them that they have to clean the surface. And then they can take the, uh, since you're talking about using paper towels, that's a throwaway. So we don't have to be concerned about how we fold it. Uh, But you want to make sure that it's saturated enough with the chemical that When it's placed on the surface, it lasts as long as the dwell time is of the chemical.
0: So, in the cleaning process, do they just use one paper towel to clean anything? Do we really care about cross contamination in the cleaning process?
1: You just want to, as you finish one, you throw it away and get a fresh one. Uh,
0: And then I'm going to assume before we put our disinfectant, we're going to make sure we throw away the cleaning towels and we're using fresh towels for the cleaning or for the disinfectant.
1: Yep. Yep. That's what's necessary, um, and make sure that it's applied with to allow enough time for dwell, uh, whatever that is. they're, they're different. Some are as, as little as sixty seconds, and some take as long as twenty minutes.
0: Okay, so um, now you're requiring that 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 receptionist to read the labels on the bottle. You really think they're going to do that?
1: Well, that's you ask how it's supposed to be done. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: Real life tells us that no, people don't follow all that. I have a little thing that shows up on my screensaver. I some of them are emotion or motivational things and some are kind of silly, but it has uh, the lazy fact number one number, and it has a, like 12 numbers go across that. And at the bottom it says lazy people, didn't bother to read the number so so the more you ask them to look at the less likely they are to do that
0: but but i think this is why i ask you the question bill is because this is more than what typically the housewife at home is doing correct this is this is a different uh, atmosphere a different environment and so it does require and i think this is back to what we first started talking about when you ask this and i'm i'm not trying to beat up on a house uh, you know a housewife that's i'm just using it as an example for us today but i think this is where that recognition of what we do as an industry is becoming more into play because these people that are being asked to do this or now realizing the complexity of what we do.
1: Yeah, if if they're told about it, so well, if all they're if all they're told is here's the bottle, use the paper towels, they don't. That's not training. Go do, and you're putting them in harm's way when you do that.
0: Well, what you talked about though is what historically has been done for everybody, including including our own industry.
1: That's true. Uh, that's why when they go for these uh, certifications for for cleaning industry management standard, for example, that I, I'm involved in as an assessor, uh, it makes them do those things or they don't get certified. So they send all the paperwork in that looks like, okay, they got it, but they send people like me and now virtually, but at least, where we can see what they're doing, we watch right. them clean. Then we find out are they following the processes as they're outlined in the in their tra- in their training and uh, some do and some don't i had uh, I had a case where I had a a building in Chicago that was supposed to be green cleaning. I went up there, and this lady had brought in her own stuff because she didn't like what they brought in to clean with. So she's not doing not one thing according to the plan. And the supervisor didn't know it until we did the assessment. Now I'm asking, how can that be? You know, there's two people being irresponsible. Uh, The one didn't care for what they gave her. So she wasn't going to use it. And the supervisor didn't follow up to enforce it. Because every time you make a change like that, you got to stay with the people every night. And, or, or day, whatever it is, until it becomes their habit because they'll, they'll, go, they'll always revert back to what they're used to.
0: Well, and Bill, you use a very interesting word there. It goes back to what we first started talking about this, uh, this morning is habit, people. Uh, just this is who we are. We are people. We, we have our habits. And once those habits have been developed, whatever they may be, right wrong or indifferent then the challenge is. And it's much harder to, to reorganize that habit now. Yeah,
1: certainly is. And that's why supervision, that's what they get paid for is to, to develop and, and, uh, make those habits, uh, a reality of, of the way that they're always going to do business. One of the things I always enjoyed, we, every time I worked with a company, uh, our own company for as an example and others who had a program that used people who had uh, some kind of disadvantage in life. It could be mental, it could be physical, but they had a disadvantage. And so they couldn't keep up the pace that most did. And you knew when you went in and you used them in the building, it was going to take a lot longer, but there were programs that helped to, uh, compensate you for any uh, time spent longer than what you had planned for for the pay. And they, uh, in doing that, when you train those people, once they had it down, it was brilliant. You, I mean, they every time did it exactly the way that you asked them to do it. Then, if there was a change, <laughs> and so then it would happen where a customer decided, uh, okay, I, I don't want to my ashtrays every night. I want to do it every other night. And you try to get them to say, don't clean the ashtrays now, but every other night. It just won't happen. They'll clean those ashtrays anyway. Uh, so a supervisor has to be there to help them appreciate they're not supposed to do that or dump the trashes off and whatever it is. they don't don't respond well to that kind of a change so the supervision is just essential if the supervisor is not willing to do the follow up and watch the people then the person is not earning their money
0: well and I think this is where you and I as consultants um, we walk kind of a tight rope sometimes in these situations because knowingly uh, for us we know that we're going to see everything wrong. And typically, we find more wrong than right. And it's a tightrope of how to adjust those things and also prioritize those because you can't take all of these things on at one time.
1: Yeah, we talk about that too. You can't make all the changes at once. <clears throat> but I talked to the super. They seem genuinely surprised when their people aren't doing the way it's supposed to be done.
0: Oh yeah, and I was doing that the other night, and uh, uh, he said, "Well, you know, we've we've seen them do the bathroom before." I said, "No, let's watch." And he was shooting from behind the person as they were cleaning the toilet, and then he went around and he put the the camera up over the stall. Yeah, and uh, the custodian. Uh, housekeeper, whatever you want to frame uh, the lady, cleaned the inside of the toilet bowl, the top of the rim, the bottom of the toilet seat. Dropped it down, cleaned the toilet seat, and then cleaned the whole base of the toilet. And I well, just simply, I, I just simply well, asked him. I said, "Would you like to sit down on that toilet seat now?" Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. he was just flabbergasted. And I said, "Here's the thing. If you saw that once." I would say that you're gonna probably see this system wide. And he was like, oh my gosh. And I said, that's just one thing of what we're gonna find. And of course we did. And so then comes the challenge you said. Um, and so you, you come back to this, this thing. Do we have even more of a challenge now if we're asking this person to clean the surface make sure that they don't cross contaminate, use the disinfectant, let it sit and wipe, you know, sit and dwell. If that's what we're finding.
1: Yeah. I'm, uh, I think next, next podcast that we do, uh, that's kind of the area I'd like to look into, uh, is this, all the methods of cross contamination and how to avoid them.
0: Uh, the- that that's exactly it because you know, the first thing was is, you know, the person squirted the toilet bowl cleaner into the toilet bowl. And I said, that's the first thing wrong. And he goes, why that's the way it goes. I go, no, that's what the TV shows you to do with your home product at home. That's not what we do commercially. And he was like, I didn't know that.
1: A lot of them don't even have the Johnny mop to, to measure and apply like it's supposed to be.
0: Yeah, they're using a toilet bowl brush if they even use anything at all. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, hey, you know, you and I always have a lot to talk about, Bill, don't we? Yeah.
1: It seems so.
0: Yeah, you you've you've asked me several times, what are we going to talk about this time? We never find a, a problem of talking. <laughs> I do I I do appreciate the fact that you did mention the challenges, you know, the mental challenges that you go through because um all of this is a challenge. And sometimes uh, the frontline custodians get overwhelmed with all of these different things. The supervisors get overwhelmed with all of these different things. And I think that's what society is learning about our industry over the last six months of how literally complex our tasks are.
1: They do that. uh, If they pay attention at all, then they're finding that out. Uh, Most of the time, it's just an order, get this done, get that done. And don't even appreciate what that requires.
0: Well, you know, I like to, uh, you know, as we say here on this podcast, focus on the healthy, positive, and proactive things. So, you know, there are always going to be the naysayers. There's going to be the, be the people to just say, hey, just go spray and wipe and do it. Um, I don't really think or focus on them too much. They're never going to change their habits or their ways. Let them do what they're going to do. Uh, I think one of the interesting things here at the academy is that I have noticed over the last four years is people genuinely, when they come to the classes, when they get on live when with a live remote or come to the classroom... Um, they're really wanting to learn, and I'm getting more and more of that. I've got a meeting with another technical college next week that they're wanting to use our curriculum at the technical college. Uh, We've got an organization out of New York. You mentioned um, uh, the challenged uh, folks, and that's what they're all about, dealing with challenged folks, and they want a better curriculum to actually upgrade what they've done. So, you know, right there, I've got a handful of organizations that before COVID never were talking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I understand. We get, uh, the questions that we're getting asked in our routine work with people is, are different now than they used to be. Um, and at first, at first everybody felt that they had to get the strongest possible disinfectant to take care of this COVID. And I said, unless you're dealing in a healthcare center that has exposures to things like tuberculosis and that sort of thing, you you don't need that to do it. And that was a surprise to a lot of people. While the thing re havoc with your body, it's not that difficult to kill. And I think, probably Trump got word about that. Why he told people to drink some bleach and it'll be okay. Mm.
0: Mm. Well, I I think this is, uh, you know, I, I I wrote an article and put it on LinkedIn this week. And uh, one of the parts of that was find out what the environment is that you're in. Um, When I went into my uh, room I was in post or in pre-op for three days before the surgery. And, uh, so I had all of my wits about me and everything. And so the first thing I did after I was there the first morning, as I asked the attending nurse, I said, I need to ha- have three questions answered. And she kind of looked at me kind of funny and like, uh Oh, well, what's this? Cause probably most patients don't want to, you know, they're not asking a lot of questions. And I said, um, is there any isolation on this floor, any COVID patients on this floor? She said, no. I said, is there any in the building? She said, not in this building. I said, so that means there's no MRSA patients in the building? She goes, no. I said, is there any uh, uh, norovirus patients? She said, well, I don't know about that. I'd have to uh, look, but... That would be an isolation, and we don't have any isolation in this building. And she was really kind of looking at me like, you're asking a lot of questions. I said, well, it's my right to know these things. I'm the one paying the bill. And it really took her back. Uh, but, you know, I think this is the thing, folks, that we're saying here is you have the right to ask questions and get information and learn there hasn't been a better time, Bill, than right now.
1: Yeah, nobody's responsible for you but you. So you, if you abdicate that, then mm-hmm. that's on you. If something goes wrong, you didn't take the time to look into what your needs are. Um, I know the same is true when I'm doing surgery or someone close to me and I'm involved with that, or that surgery, I'm asking those same types of questions to find out if uh, everything's going to be handled well. So.
0: Well, and I, I think it's interesting, you know, and, and I will honestly say Daryl Hicks taught me that several years ago. Uh, I had never thought about asking these questions and Daryl working in the hospital care industry all of his life, you know, pointed out to me, he said, Dave, he says, you know, you're the one paying the bill. It's, uh, and it's a good, healthy bill. You, you're paying more for that room than any other room that you'll ever rent for your life. I I, I, and I do kind of wonder, though, what would I have done if she would have said, yeah, we have isolation on this floor? Um, I don't know what I would have done, though, Bill. I, I I would have probably just had to sit there and go, OK, so what do I do now? But that's for another day.
1: Yeah. I appreciate you having me on today, Dave. Thank you very much.
0: Bill, it's been a pleasure. We're always glad to have you back every month. And uh, uh, let's uh, next month, let's talk about the cross-contamination thing because uh, school will have been in for about a month. We're going to see how the inflow or outflow of students and faculty into buildings is going to affect things. We'll, we'll probably have a different... Uh, a little different uh, fodder for our conversation next month.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that's true.
0: Bill, tell people how they can get hold of you if they'd like to. Use
1: uh, bill at billfellows.com. That's bill at billfellows.com. <laughs> I'm a narcissist. And uh, <laughs> just when you do that, I'll get back with anybody who who sends me an email.
0: And why would they want to get in touch with you?
1: Well, we offer things that could be of benefit to them in regard to uh, cleaning. I have written a book uh, called Creating Your Place in the Cleaning Industry, which is somewhat outdated at the moment, but not, not too bad. It helps people understand what they have to cover when they're getting set up in a business and how it can be uh, financed uh, as well as the the ideas of what how to, how to first organize it so that everybody's on the same page and it makes, it makes for a better, clean company. And I have a lot of other information regarding <clears throat> SIMS and selecting the right standard to follow and that kind of thing. So I do a lot of things that help people. I, that's my job. In fact, my slogan is making cleaning organizations and their people better. And that's what I always try to do wherever I go.
0: Well, folks, if you uh, are challenged with that, you're a new business, I know there's a lot of new businesses getting started here at the Academy. We tried to put together some uh, courses that'll help you, but if you need some help and you need, oh, uh, well, I don't know, maybe hand-holding a little bit, possibly, give Bill a call. He'll be glad to help you. We, we uh, as we talk here on the podcast, we've got a lot of experience, not all of it. Uh, has been positive in our life, but uh, we're here to try to help people move forward. Like and share everything that we have here on the Academy. You can find all of our courses on the front page, www.academyofcleaning.com. Follow our podcast here on Podbean Live. We are sponsored by Jim Supply in Central Florida, where they've been improving lives with cleaning supplies since 1930, a little over 80 years. So, folks, have a great weekend. We will have a couple of podcasts next week. Matter of fact, I'm going to actually be on a podcast with Rosalotto Cleaning uh, next Tuesday night. So if uh, you're out there in podcast land listening, uh, we're going to be doing a Zoom podcast uh, with them. So it's going to be kind of fun. I'm going to be on the other side of the microphone, Bill. <laughs> yeah.
1: Be the interviewee instead of the interviewer.
0: Yeah, yeah but I, you know, I, I got a feeling I can talk just as well then as I can now. Yeah. And, and, and my wife said, "Hey, you're getting better because you're talking a lot more." So, folks, watch out. I got I got a new ticker working, and who knows what you're in for next. <laughs> Bill, thanks for being on this after or this morning. And folks, whatever you do between now and the time we hear from you again, make sure that it is healthy positive and proactive. Have a great weekend. We're out of here. Goodbye.